everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Resilient Fire Podcast. I'm Dave, and for this episode, I'm going to talk about another aspect of my life that I think I actually said I was going to talk about, but I have yet to actually address in this podcast, and that is my, my triathlon life. If I'm doing my math right, it's been just about four years since I've completed a race, but I finally got the chance this past weekend to race, and man, it felt really, really good to shake the rust off. I started racing triathlons in 2010 after I had kicked a smoking habit in November of 2009 that I'd had for about 10 years or so. I think there was one small race that I did maybe in 2008, but I don't really count that one. It was just kind of a, hey, let's go do this, and I really had no idea what I was doing. I think I was still smoking. I mean, I was still smoking at the point. I probably was not in my best you know, physical condition. But if you fast forward to 2009, you know, I, I stopped the smoking habit, just cold turkey. I just said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then in December of 2009, I was watching TV and the Ironman World Championships came on. And I watched that and I said, man, you know what? I think I want to get back into this sport and try it again. I'd grown up a swimmer and so I had a pretty strong swimming background. And I had to run for work. And all I needed to do at that point was just get a bike and figure out how to put all three together. And, you know, after f- competing in my first triathlon, which was the Onion Man Triathlon in Walla Walla, Washington... I knew that this was something that I wanted to keep on doing. You know, like I, like I said, I grew up a competitive swimmer and I excelled in distance swimming all the way through college. And so it just it it just seemed like a kind of a logical step. So after that first race, I continued my racing to include my first full distance Ironman a year later in 2011. If you don't know what the Ironman triathlon is, it's 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 miles of cycling, and then just running a marathon on top of that. 26.2 miles of running. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the feeling of just going through that race and then running down Sherman Avenue in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and hearing my name and you are an Iron Man. And it's, yeah, it's such a great feeling. I'll never forget that. But since then, I've competed, I think, two, well, two other Iron Man races and just a whole bunch of other races from sprint distance to half Ironmans. I also got picked up for the Air Force Triathlon team a few times. And I'll tell you what. I've got a craving and a drive to get back on that team and compete again next year. But my last two races, like I said, it was four years ago. I didn't even get a chance to finish those races. For the first one, which August of 2018, I was in a race in northern Ohio where we had just kind of a staggered start. Race directors will do this because they want to make sure that they don't have too many large groups of swimmers in the water at a time, just kind of give people some space. It's really good for safety. Now, being a strong swimmer, I usually manage pretty well, regardless of people being around me or not. So when this particular race started, I was kind of near the middle of the group for starting. And so about half the people were in front of me entering the water two at a time. And eventually it was my turn to cross the line and begin my race. So I dove into that white rock quarry and I made my way quickly through the very short swim. I remember passing a lot of people and I finished my swim. I made my way up into transition and started working on getting myself ready to head out on my bike. I got my helmet on, got my shoes on, grabbed my bike, made sure I was all ready to go. I started making my way out, but right at the exit of transition, the race officials and marshals told me that I had to stop and wait. Now, I didn't know if I had a penalty or you know if something what had happened, but I was just standing there and waiting, and they said I still had to continue to wait. And one by one, other swimmers, they would finish their their swimming portion, they grabbed their bikes, and they would line up too. And we were all lined up, just waiting to go. So clearly there was something going on. 
So after maybe 15 minutes or so of waiting, the race officials uh, and the director announced that the rest of the race was going to be canceled because of an accident out on the bike course. We ended up finding out that one of the athletes who had started earlier had gotten into an accident with a vehicle and had died out on the race course. It really put a lot of things into perspective that day. I mean, none of us go into these races where we're trying to have fun and, you know, push ourselves and, you know, just enjoy the community with the expectation like, or that something like that could happen, but it did. So after that race, life got a little bit busy. We had a new baby come along and then there was a deployment. I was overseas where I actually broke my foot. I fractured my fifth metatarsal, so I had to work through that. But I still put in an application for the Air Force Triathlon team, and I was picked up to go race. So this was 2019. So I head out there. I have a good swim once again. I get out on the bike portion, and I'm about halfway through the bike, and all of a sudden I got a flat tire. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. So I get, you know, get off the bike, and I start to work on fixing it. And I've got my race wheels on my bike, which have wider rims, and my replacement tube to go into my tire, the valve stem was too short to poke through my race wheels rims. And so I didn't even get a chance to inflate the tire again, and I couldn't even finish the race. You know, it was funny, I was beginning to think it was the shoes, because just before my race up in northern Ohio, the one where the gentleman died, I had gotten new specific shoes for triathlon cycling, and up until, I guess, this past weekend, they had yet to get me through an entire race, but like I said, this weekend, all of that changed. So I signed up for this race a few weeks ago, and I tried to stay consistent and at least a little bit of my training, and finally race day came along, and I headed down to beautiful Key Largo. The race venue is at Pennacamp Coral Reef State Park, which is a really neat place to explore. There's a glass-bottom boat you can go take a ride on. They'll take you out to the reefs. It's beautiful. There's actually a, a ship that is a sunken ship right there. I think it's a Spanish merchant ship, if I remember correctly, from like the 1700s. We swam right over the top of that. But I'll tell you what, when I opened the door after I got out there out of my car, oh, the smell. The smell was almost nauseating. It was like rotting seaweed. It was horrible. So I'm very thankful for our body's ability to kind of tune out things like gross smells, uh, you know, as as we're around them more. So eventually the race started and you know, like I always try to do, I try to get to the front of the swim pack. It was another staggered start. So I cruised through that short swim and headed down on the bike. I felt really, really good. And then it was time to run. And this is where I found out where my weak spot was. I mean, I'm definitely not as fast as I've been in the past. And so definitely an area for improvement right there. But at the end of the race, I fared pretty well. I was eighth place overall. I was the sixth male. And I was first in the Masters or the old guy division, so I wouldn't say that was too bad for stepping back into it. You know, while this weekend's race was only a sprint, you know, just a short triathlon, I'm kind of looking at it as just stepping back into the ring. I'm not sure if I just got unmotivated after not finishing my last two races. I know some races I'd planned on doing were canceled because of that pandemic. Then we had to move and getting settled and having a baby. I mean, they were just, it just did not seem feasible to race. And so I kind of got out of my training routine, and I just needed something to get back into it. So I was definitely glad to be back this weekend and giving it a go. My training has slowly started to get more consistent. I've been doing a better job of taking care of myself internally, like nutritionally. But for, I mean, but when it comes down to it, my focus is not just on this one race. It's on the long-term goal. I think for a while I was letting things pull me in different directions. You know, some of those things were unavoidable and they needed the attention and the focus, but other things perhaps not so much. 
I think part of being resilient is understanding that we have these constant demands for our attention. Decades ago, we would be able to leave work at work and come back and attack it the next day. And this allowed us to engage with our families. It allowed us to take care of ourselves and just be present in the moment. But you know as well as I do, today it's much, much different. If you aren't connected to your work by your phone and your personal computer or whatever other sort of electronic device, I mean, there's that whole fear of missing out. Whether it's a last-minute order or the last-minute, hey, can you do this for me really quickly, or the last-minute tasks, whatever it is, you add on top of that all the other things you've got going on in your life, it's like all of these little fingers are tapping you saying, hey, 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 hey. And you just get entangled in this web. When it comes to our faith life, there are some parallels. The author of Hebrews writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, and the first half of verse 2. In these verses, we kind of see a, a two-part attack going on. One part is kind of preparation, and the other part is kind of perfection. And when we read about throwing off everything that hinders and entangles us, that is the preparation for the race that we are to run. We might have internal or external you know, things that are we're just working through that we've got to treat as dead weight. I mean, imagine trying to run a 5K or a marathon carrying that extra weight. You know, it reminds me of the times on the show, the, uh, the Biggest Loser, where later in the show, the contestants have to move a certain distance carrying an amount of weight equal to what they had lost to that point. And it essentially takes them back to where they were when it comes to their weight. It slows us down. It makes us tired. And in those moments, the enemy will take every opportunity to speak into your ear. It's much easier to quit. You should just give up at this point. You're never going to make it. I mean, we have all been there. When we are getting ready to run a race, we have to eliminate the extra weight. It will help us, no doubt, with the next part. The verses continue that we have to run the race with perseverance or patience on a course that is marked out for us. In our Christian walk, there's a, there's a race to run. Every day we have a race to run, and much like a 5K or a marathon or a sprint triathlon or a full Ironman or whatever, whatever distance, there's going to be a point of suffering. But we must persevere through that. But the great thing is that this race is marked out for us, both by the word of God, as well as by the example of others who have walked faithfully with God. That's the great cloud of witnesses that the author of Hebrews is actually writing about. And we must persevere and have patience. The difficulties that we will face, the temptations that we will face, those things that must be overcome by using faith and patience. The way that we do that is by keeping our eyes on our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not only the object of our faith, but he's the author of it as well. He is the one that fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. He is the one who sits at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. John teaches us that God's will is for us to seek him and believe in him. So my encouragement to you as you're listening to this is to think about the long-term goals you have in your life. Perhaps it isn't something like a triathlon. Maybe it's pursuing a degree or getting a better job 
or growing your family or building your relationship with God or learning how to cut hair. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All of these things are not done in a short amount of time. They're all a commitment and they require effort and perseverance. Being resilient means being able to get through those tough spots with patience and perseverance. You're probably going to hit some rough spots and that's okay. You might even get to a point where I was, where you know it's just one thing after another after another and maybe you just need to take a break whether you mean to or not. But at some point, you've got to get back in the water, you've got to get back on your bike, and you need to start putting one foot in front of the other. So that's where I'm at, stoked to start and finish a race again, getting back into the swing of things. I'm looking forward to racing, but I'm more looking forward to continuing the progress and the consistency that I've been working on for a little bit now. Thanks for tuning in this episode. If you get a second, I'd appreciate if you left a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to. And if you feel like finding me on social media, look for me on Instagram at resilient underscore fire underscore ministry. Have a great week and keep your fires burning.